Welcome into the January 10th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, got Dave Morissuti, my co-host, alongside me. And we're officially at the midway mark of the Maple Leaf season. 41 games in the books, 41 games to go. So with a couple of days in between games, Dave and I thought that today would be a perfect time to get to a mid-season mailbag. We haven't done one all year long, so this was a perfect time to do it. We put the question out there, and the answers came pouring in. So we'll answer some of those uh, on today's Locked on Leafs podcast. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video format. Just look us up on YouTube. Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get Leafs content every single day, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. Uh, Dave, it's it's been a while, I feel, since we've kind of had like a couple of days or weekdays at the very least in between games. And we thought it'd be a perfect time to kind of evaluate where things are at. So we put we tasked our viewers and our listeners to come up with questions for a mailbag. And uh, they came through, as they always do. Love it. And uh, why don't we get right into it, Powell? Let's get to the first question of the mailbag. Yeah. So thank you. First for everyone submitting i know uh we've we've got some we have got a good variety of questions so i'm very happy about this so you know what i just want to get this one out of the way because i knew it was going to come i knew that someone was going to ask about it so michael was asking what's your opinions on keeping matthews with contract talks opening in july and also how about nylander is he going to price himself out of toronto I wanted to get this one out of the way. There's no way, shape, or form that you should ever debate whether Austin Matthews should be staying in Toronto. Like, he is priority number one. He is the franchise player. So, yes, you do. You, ha- you have to try to keep him. We already know kind of the baseline of where his contract is going to be. It's going to start above Nathan McKinnon's contract. McKinnon already started the... You always look at the new trend. Yeah. So he was he started the new trend. Now, when it comes to Nylander, is he gonna price himself out of Toronto? I don't know if he's gonna price himself out of Toronto just because I think he loves playing in Toronto. Um it's just a matter of will the least prioritize him. I think that's really the question there. Will the least prioritize him and give him what he would deserve based on his production the last few years yeah so i think austin matthews um you know my my opinion is absolutely you you try and do not whatever like you're not handing the guy a blank check i I don't think it's you know 15 million or bust like if he walks in there and he says it starts with 
starts with 15 and then we could talk after that. It's like, I mean, there's got to be some wiggle room there. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess he's somewhat deserving of, of, of that type of contract considering that he, you know, was coming off of an MVP season a year ago. Um, but honestly, I, 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 I still think that it's it's going to get done. You know, there's there was the doomsday clock countdown discussion that was being had in the summer, and I don't know. I just I feel like the Maple Leafs will figure it out a way to get Matthews uh, here and keep him around long term. As for William Nylander, it, it actually is I guess maybe worries a, a wrong word for it, but. You know, there there is a part of me that thinks like the way that Willie's playing that yeah, there's there's a possibility he could price himself out of Toronto. Like six point nine million is an absolute bargain for the production that he's given this team right now. Mm-hmm. Um there's a good chance that he could be looking for, you know, nine and a half, ten million on his next contract. Can the Leafs afford to have four players making double-digit salaries, I, I just – I don't know if they can afford that, knowing how much money they already have allotted to some other players. So um, they've already been, like, very top-heavy as a group, and considering that all these players are probably going to be looking for more money on their next extensions, because then you'll also have Marner the following season, um, and also Tavares, who I would imagine uh, if he comes back is at a much cheaper discount, that being said. So, yeah, I, I think that I, I do worry about Nylander pricing himself out just based on how he's played this year and if he does the same thing next season. I will say, however, the cap is expected to to go up between now and, and when those contracts are up. So that could help a little bit alleviate some of that worry, um, just knowing that it could go up to as much as $87.5 million this year. Uh, it could also only go up $1 million. There's still a discrepancy based on um, – how much debt they end up paying off the owners by the end of the year. Uh, it could be as much as $87 million. The cap it could be as little as 83 and a half. Um, but if it goes up to 87 and then it goes up again after that, you know, maybe they could keep both of them around, but either way, I think that the Maple Leafs need to take full advantage of the two seasons that they do have them under contract at a very cheap rate. And uh, being this season and next, and try and you know win a title in those in those seasons. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it's a little too early to know with for sure until you have a better idea what the cap. Good thing is with Austin Matthews, there's time. But also, as soon as that window opens, you want to get that stuff locked down. Just like teams. Dude, I don't want to start players. I don't want to be talking about this all next year at all. Like I, I really, really don't want to. Like it, I. I this needs to be locked up by July 1st, the moment that clock strikes at 12 o'clock and that extension is eligible. I want it to be announced. I want it to be tucked away in a drawer. So that's ready to go and announced right on time. Cause if not, man, is it going to get loud in Toronto? And I just don't want to have to deal with that for a whole off season, man. I just don't. Yeah, like I think people need to realize that we don't we don't always want to talk about certain things. It's seems like oh you meet like no no, this is not something we want to talk about. We want to talk about the good stuff, like yeah, not the same old you know rinse and repeat sort of idea. All right, we'll go to the next question. Um, 
this one I had to break it down a little bit and just to make it a little bit briefer. But I'll uh, I'll read I'll read it out as I see it on YouTube here, so you can uh, look at it here. So first off, he's uh, Corey Parish. He says, "Hey guys, liked what I've seen so far halfway through the season. So the question is, which position is still a priority and it and and that the need is met? Who is being and if that need is met, who is being traded?" Feels like screwing with the chemistry of the team may not be a positive outcome. Sometimes the grass is as green as it's going to get, and maybe looking over the fence is not necessary. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's possible. We've seen uh, in the past teams not want to mess too, too much with the nucleus that they've had, and they've decided that you know things are meshing and gelling so well that uh, they, they don't want to make any big, big moves, maybe a couple fringe depth pieces and depth ads. Um, could that be where the Toronto Maple Leafs go? I, I think that's potentially could be something that they do. Um, what's still a priority? You know, it's tough. I've, I've wrestled with this so much over the course of the season. Like earlier in the year, I was like, they certainly need a top four defenseman. And then I was, you know, what they need a top six forward. And now I'm kind of leaning back to mm, they could use a top four defenseman like Jacob Trickram would look really nice in the Maple Leafs uniform. Um, I I heard Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider, talk about this on uh, on the Leafs panel not too long ago, saying how he believes that the team will be looking for a, an upgrade um, on the blue line, not just adding a depth piece, but like a Jake Muzzin replacement type of upgrade. So. That's that's probably where I also would be back to leaning, I think, is is that. And and what that means for me, you know, who is being traded, I think one of those current players that are there now, uh, I think would be included in that deal because I don't think it's an addition. I think it's a um, – I, I think it's a – what's the word I'm looking for? Um I can't remember. I can't think of what the word I'm looking for here is here, but I think it's to, to make this team better. Whatever that the word that I'm looking for there, I think they're looking to improve. It's it's not a yeah, it's an improvement on what they have now. Um, so I I think that uh, uh, defense probably would be the priority there. So that that's what I think I would I would roll with. But I could see them also bringing in like a middle six type forward as well. Um, as for who gets traded out, it depends what's what's coming in. If it's if it is a guy like Jacob Chickering, I could see you know a, a, a Sandine or a Lilligren going the other way. Just another young defenseman that they have, along with other other assets, picks, prospects, whatever it may be. Um, from a forward perspective, I don't know if I see them moving out any forwards. Like I. Not sure I see any scenario in which they would like to trade out, like a Matthew Nyes. Um, I mean, not that he's untouchable, but it would take a, a pretty big piece, and I don't think they would do it for a rental. Um, so probably, yeah, like one of those one of those younger defensemen, I could see them getting an upgrade there, and then uh, potentially, you know, could Pierre Engvall maybe find his way? Like he's a UFA, pending UFA, if they feel like he's not going to come back, or an Alex Kerfoot, if they're not going to come back. And those are salary pieces that could be moved to make upgrades. Potentially, they they look at, into those. Um, I guess that would be my answer to that. Yeah, that's that's the big one here. Is you know, 
it depends on the move they try to make and if they feel they need to move salary. Because if you don't have to subtract salary from the team, you're going to try every avenue to avoid that, right? Um, if you're going to move forward, I, yeah, I'm going to assume it's going to be somebody who's on an expiring deal like Kerfoot just because he is expiring. And the team, unless the team that's taking, you know, you're trading for is, you know, has a pretty high asset, you need to give up you know, a pretty significant, not significant part of the roster, but something that, you know, like a Pierre Engvall, who's technically not a free agent, he's signed for another year. So I, I yeah, that's that really is all what it depends on is mm-hmm. what you're looking to get. I, I think is an angle a free agent at the end of the year? Oh, he signed a two year deal. I'm pretty sure his was a two year deal, not a one year deal. So I think he has one more year. Look that up quick. I, I thought he was a UFA at the end of the season. I am looking here. Oh, 2022. No, sorry, I am wrong. He is a UFA. So he's another one like him and and Kerfoot. Are guys that so I was thinking about the contract he signed before. Yeah. Um, I those are two guys where like yes, they're right now they're contributing to the lineup. They're actually doing they're actually playing quite well. Like I haven't had a lot of issues with that line with Engvall, Kerfoot, and Camp. And I guess that's something that Corey's a little concerned about. If you're gonna if you have something that's working, why change it? But you always see can it be better, right? And like those two guys are, are free agents, so you're not really missing out because I doubt one or or either are going to be back just based on they're going to want more money than I think the Leafs are going to pay. You're wondering how the Leafs are going to be able to afford Nylander. Those are guys that you're going to look to cut bait with just because of necessity for the cap. So I look at that, and then when you think about the needs, yeah, I, I, I see that defense as – you know, they got a good defense, but do they have enough of that? They, I would like to see a Jake Muzzin replacement. I like to see them ha- at least have that option available because they don't really have that Jake Muzzin right now in the lineup. No, they they, they don't. Um, so they would have to get that externally. Who that is, I mean, we'd have to take a deeper dive as we get close to the trade deadline. And I'm sure we will. I mean, that's kind of what we do here on the podcast. Um so that's, I guess, a, a conversation we could have another day. But ultimately, I think you're correct and and in saying if if there is a deal to be made, it's to it is as an upgrade though. Like it's going to upgrade the team, not you know another fringe addition depth add to complement the team or to you know add competition to the team. I think there's enough internal competition here already. I think you at this point need formidable upgrades if you're going to be making any uh, any moves all right before we move on to the next question um let me just tell you guys that today's show is brought to you by betonline.net it's your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to hockey to basketball we got it all at betonline.net uh, if you, uh, we're always the fast and easiest way to Get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. Uh, if you're enjoying the show and it's your first time stumbling across us on YouTube or on um, whatever audio platform that you're listening to this podcast from, 
uh, and you're enjoying it, uh, we ask to, for you to please, you know, toss us a like or a review, a subscribe, a five star if you're on uh, if you're on iTunes, and uh, definitely a subscribe if you're on YouTube. That'd be great. We're looking to get to five thousand subscribers. That's our New Year's resolution. Quote New Year's resolution. So. Uh, only 50% of our viewers are subscribers. So let's make that uh, much closer to uh, to our goal. Um, so the Leafs have a couple of off days here. They're back on the ice tomorrow against the Nashville Predators. So by doing so, we've hit the midway mark, and Dave and I have decided that it's a perfect time for a midway mailbag. And uh, you guys have provided some great questions for us. We've already gone through a couple. Let's go through a few more here, Dave. Let's bring out the next question. Yeah, so we kind of talked about this in the, in the previous question, so I wanted to kind of put an end note on this. This was from um, Adam Warren. Do you guys really think a big move should be made? Going in, going in, it was we need a top four defenseman, but the defense hasn't been an issue. Then it was Yarn Croak is not a second-line player. And turns out Callie said, hold my beer. So this is kind of just to put a bow on what we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, do I think it, it, it needs to be made? Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't know, man. Like, like I, I, I see where it's coming from where there were t- a time where, you know, the defense, there was question marks on it and then they came out and, and played exceptionally well. And then, you know, he's right. Callie Arncroft ends up getting a shot up on the second line. It's like, well, he's not really a second liner. We'll see how it works. But ultimately, they still would like to upgrade there. But all of a sudden, you look, and Callie Arncroft actually, since going on that second line, since returning from his injury, leads the Maple Leafs with uh, seven points at five on five. He's got 11 points in the nine games since he uh, returned, which is one less than Mitch Marner. Uh, I believe for uh, for for first place in in terms of points, so you know the guy's just a producing machine right now. He's got three goals in that time span. He's on pace for uh, nearly twenty goals, which is something he's never done in his career. So he's performing, and he's actually done pretty well on that second line with Marner and Tavares. So do they need the upgrade there? Well, I guess they don't need an upgrade per se, but could they? upgrade on him i mean i think at the right price i believe that could be a beneficial thing for the maple leaves which is you know the exact same thing on on defense but i think for the right price an upgrade to a sandine an upgrade to a hall an upgrade from a timothy lilligren um i think could benefit this team greatly as well uh you do kind of worry about team chemistry i guess in a way um just because you know, it's a group that has seemed to have grown tightly together, especially when injury occurs and they're playing the system the way it's supposed to be played for Sheldon Keefe, which is a good thing. Um, so you got to bring in the right player uh, at the same time. But uh, I think that this team could probably still look to make one more significant move um, before the deadline to, to really shore up this team. I, I still think we'll see one. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of make a move for the sake of making a move. Like, you have to make a move with the right purpose. You ha- still have a little bit of time before you have to really know for sure what you want to do. Because, again, there's not unlimited bullets in the chamber, right? And you also got to think 
like I'm not I'm gonna use Florida as a little bit of an example. They went and made that crazy trade deadline last year where they got almost every single option out there on in the trade market and look at where they're at now. They're potentially gonna give the Cabs a top ten pick unless Florida gets their act together, which I kinda hope they do. Um but like that's something you have to keep in mind, right? You, I mean, I don't think also think the Leafs would be dumb enough to give an unprotected first round pick because that just doesn't seem like something NHL GM should do nowadays. But yeah. I, I just think that you have to be calculated with the move you make, and you just have to really assess what that need is. If I had a preference between something up front and on the back end, I'd probably say the back end, as we said in the last segment. But if the right player is up, you know, available up front you go ahead and you make that move. You just have to, it's just, it's just something that this, that's, that's the biggest question mark. That I think that Kyle Deuce is asking himself is which is going to be the be- the thing that's going to help us more. You know, they last year, they went and got a defenseman. They got Ely Lubushkin. Year right. before, you know, they went out and they got a Nick Felino. Well, they also got Mark Giordano. Yeah, and they got Mark Giordano. We saw the value in adding those guys. Call Blackwell. Know? Was a you know fringe depth ad, but he played minutes for yeah, this team. Was so it's those are things you have to like. What's going to be better suited for this team, you know, over the long run of their what they're trying to accomplish this year, not just fix a short term need. Yeah, like I I don't think this team needs uh, another fourth line. Like maybe they could add one more little depth fourth line piece just because. I don't know if Wayne Simmons is is really an NHLer anymore at this point. Um, the guy's played two games, I guess, in the last like calendar month. Uh, and it feels like the only reason why he got into the last game here was because they were in Philadelphia and could be his final chance to, to play back in Philly, right? A place where he had you know, really flourished in his career. I'm not sure he gets too many more games from here on out and how reliable he could be in a playoff series. Like I know he's got the meat and potatoes that you like, but he just, you know, he he can't keep up much anymore. The the feet aren't there. The boots just have kind of gone. And that's what happens when you get, uh, when you get to, to, you know, a little over the hill there. So potentially an upgrade on like the 13th forward, I guess, um, could work as like a, another little fringe deal just in case an injury occurs and there is someone you need to kind of pop into your lineup. Although Dryden Hunt, I mean, you know, he's he's turned into a decent little you know pickup, I think, that does bring a little bit of that physicality uh, to this team. So we'll see. All right. Um, actually, before we move on to uh, another question, why don't we take one more quick break here, Dave, and uh, hear from one of our other show sponsors, and it's your good friends uh, over at AG1. Yep, it's a product I've been using every day to help me with uh, just a lot of different things I needed to uh, get sorted out with my life in terms of gut health, energy. You know, these podcasts, we do them five days a week. We got to have the energy to do it. So I'm someone that wanted an all-in-one solution to help me with multiple things, not just pinpointing at one specific thing. That's why AG1 is perfect for me. It's just one scoop into a glass of water and i'm absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens it helps me start my day right it's a special blend of ingredients that help support gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus and aging so you know when you're looking at simplicity you cannot get any better than athletic greens 
Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. He created, created Athletic Greens after experiencing, after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition and routine on your own. So how just to give you an idea just how much Athletic Greens costs you per day. It costs you less than $3. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're really investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to go out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel tax with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike Stefano with Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Lease, and uh, we're taking your mailbag questions for today and answering some of those. Uh, we've gone through a few of them. Let's get through a couple more here on today's show. So, Dave, bring out the next question. All right. Uh, let's go with – I know we're going to be running out of time, soon, so let's go with this one here. So this is from Ethan. Uh, opinions on what the ideal defense pairing should be moving forward, taken from what we've seen this season. Oh, man, such a I do. Okay, you love it. I I already I I because I already kind of had a preview of this one, so I already know exactly how I want it to look. Go ahead, answer the question. All right, so we got Morgan Rowley and Timothy Lilligren as a pair. I think that pair could work. We've seen it many times this season. I think those two together can make it can make a pretty decent pairing together. Um, go with Mark Giordano and Rasmus Sandin together. I think we've, see, we've seen that pairing before. I think Giordano's good enough that you can make it work with, uh, t- with, uh, with Sandin. So we'll put those two guys together. Then you got TJ Brody and Connor Timmons as the final pairing. You left out... Mr. Justin Hall. Justin Hall. That so we were talking about this the other day of how we can figure out a way to keep Connor Timmons in. And we said the only way to keep Connor Timmons in might be to have Justin Hall out. Now you can also switch things up where you can put TJ Brody on the right side with with Rasmus Sandin. Or you can just have TJ Brody stay with Morgan Riley and have Sandin and the Lily Grid together. But, you know, I think having Connor Timmons in, I, I just like this defense better with him in the lineup. Yes, I know that Justin Hall is an important penalty killer, but there's other guys on the team that can kill penalties. Brody can. Giordano can. We've seen Lily Grant kill penalties. We've seen Rasmus Sandin kill penalties. Other, I think, you know what, like, if that's the only reason why you're keeping Justin Hall, he's been good. It's not that Justin Hall's been bad. I just think I like this defense better with Connor Timmons in. Oh man. See, this is this is why I think that when you look at what this team needs to do, they don't need to make an addition to the blue line. They need to make an upgrade to the blue line. Because I think it would make things a lot more smoother. 
and they would iron some stuff out. Because right now there's, to me, four guys, I guess, vying for two positions, right? I think two of the four players are, yeah, two of the four, Justin Hall, Timothy Lilligren, Rasmus Sandin, and Connor Timmons. Two of those four players, um, well, I guess three of those four players, really, uh, are going to be in the lineup on any given night, and one of those guys are going to be on the outside looking in. What is the most ideal pairing? I think you're going to hate me, Dave. I really think you're going to hate me, but I, I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you on the Morgan Riley, Timothy Lilligren pairing. I actually like the deployment there because those are two guys where you're in an offensive situation. You can throw them out onto the ice for your ozone starts. Um, and I, I think you'd be comfortable with the way that both of those guys kind of handle the puck. Um, so I think that would be kind of that first little unit. You've got your shutdown unit. I am putting Justin Hall back on the second pair and alongside TJ Brody. I think you flip Brody back over the left side and you make Justin Hall and TJ Brody as your shutdown duo. This is obviously assuming that no trade is made, right? Right. So, um, Hall and Brody would be my second pair and then Geo and, like I think I think you're right where it's probably gonna end up being Geo Geo Sandine. Um, which means Connor Timmons unfortunately probably ends up on the outside looking in, but I think that could be like a rotation spot where some nights, you know, Connor Timmons could slide in and some nights uh, you know, Sandine could slide over to the left and Geo comes out and he saves some rested legs. But if it was one game I I, oh, I I hate leaving Connor Timmons out of the lineup, but I almost feel as though he's although he's he's been really good when he's played. Um, I think Lilligren and Sandine have also taken a step in their game and also deserve to be in the lineup. Yeah. And you, you've got more invested in those guys at the end of the day, so probably I would still have Connor Timmons on the outside looking in. That's not to say that I don't think he deserves to get into the lineup more often um, and that there should be more of a rotation like we saw happen last year with, with Thurman. Um, and could that mean Justin Hall's on notice a little bit? Could that mean that Sandine is on notice? Maybe you, you get, like I said, those couple of games that you want to get uh, Giordano arrest. I mean, we know that TJ Brody is dealing with some ailments, perhaps getting him out of the lineup uh, every now and then might be beneficial. You know, I think that it could also, they could utilize that seventh defenseman spot as, as a rotation, as opposed to an injury plug-in. Um, and that would get whoever the seventh defenseman you want to say, whether it's Hall in your, in your case, or it's, uh, or it's Connor Timmons in, in mine, still get those guys some minutes here and, and get those guys some games down the stretch. Because I think that at the end of the day, we know if any team's going to make a playoff run, typically you need to use about eight, nine defensemen on that run. Um, so they're, they're all going to need to be ready to go come come April. So Yeah, so actually this is kind of a, a, kind of a good segue to this question here that I got on Twitter from the Laps Hockey Fan. Um, I really like the addition of Timmons this season. I know he has had a, you know, I'm sorry, the I guess the word got a little jumbled here, but I know he's had a 
interesting, uh, tough start to his uh, NHL career so far. Do you see Timmons as a permanent part of the Leafs in the seasons ahead, or is he a future trade piece and journey hockey, journeyman hockey player? Uh, no, I definitely see him as a, a piece of the future. Like I said, Hall is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. I could see him being that replacement for Justin Hall. Um, I don't think he's going to be too expensive. I mean, yeah. the guy's barely played any games in the NHL. I don't think he, I mean, honestly, has a whole lot to go on to try and garner a big contract. He's an RFA anyway, so there's not really anything he could do to – um, he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on, I suppose. So I think that they already have kind of their hall replacement for next year if they don't bring him back. Uh, so yeah, I think they're definitely look at Connor Timmons as, as a piece of their future. He's still young, 24 years old. He's, he's got size, mobility, good pass, you know, right shot defenseman. It's a lot of things that Leafs and fans have been looking for for a while. Um, hopefully he can grow into what he was expected to become a, a top four defenseman and uh, be part of this team long term and, and be part of the solution here. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's definitely got a future with this team. Yeah, you don't you don't necessarily try. You try your best to make a play like this work because there's not many out there. The Leafs don't have, you know, a lot in the system. Uh, like, you know, it's not like you have a prospect in the system. You could say can easily replace a Connor Timmons right now. That's the other thing. Um, he's a controllable asset too. He's going to be the reason why you can afford some of the other more expensive players going forward. Like Lily Grin and Sandine being on $1.4 million next season, that's a blessing because you need those guys in order to make other, to to, to put that cap space to use of, elsewhere, right? So I think the same is going to go with Connor Timmons. You know, Justin Hall, he is eventually going to be a luxury based on what, as as you kind of mentioned there, like he's, He's a team is going to throw stupid money at Justin Hall just because he's a right shot defenseman. He eats minutes. He plays the penalty kill. Those are all screams of signs of a team overpaying for for him in the offseason, in my opinion. So unless Justin Hall takes an incredible hometown discount, I think Connor Timmons will see himself in a well with more than just a journeyman label going forward. Let's also not act like Justin Hall hasn't played good hockey this year. Like he deserves a pay increase, right? It's it's not as though a team's going to blindly and stupidly pay for the guy. It's not like when Columbus paid Eric Branson four million bucks this past summer. It's not that situation. I think he he deserves probably in the three ish million dollar range AAV going forward. I just don't know if Toronto's going to pay that. So. It'd be much easier for them to to stomach, you know, paying Lilligren or paying Timmins a much smaller uh, contract to fill that fill in that role. So it's not that we don't think that Hall or I I'm not going to put words in your mouth. It's not that I don't think that Hall has played well and that he shouldn't be re-signed by Toronto. I just don't think they'll be able to fit in that cap structure and. You know, the way that Timmons is played, I think the team certainly will look at that and be like, well, we might actually have the, the replacement internally. So that's that's definitely a good sign. All right, I think we have time for one more quick one, Dave. Okay, well, I'm going to save one for the next podcast because we can kind of debate this a little bit more. But sure. here, we'll go with this one here from Meat. Um, is Timo Meyer the perfect fit for the Tavares line? He scores and he hits. Something he does. 
if there is a if there, there there's quite a you know i was wondering are there a lot of like options for the leafs for forwards that i like looking at the options out there like yeah there are i do like timo meyer i mean he's a. Uh, I don't know if what the san jose sharks are going to look to get from him based on how he's played this year that might be a very expensive ad he's got 23 goals 40 points in 41 games this season his possession stats are you know neat neat and tidy let's say he is a very he's very good in that regard he is a very much an offensive player so you're getting him because he can provide that offense that i said that the leafs could look to get on that um on that on the in the top six he does hit he does hit he has 92 hits this season so if you're looking for someone with a little bit of uh a little bit of uh mustard to the game he's he can do that he even got votes for the lady bing last year which i found interesting that is interesting um yeah like he's a physical player he's, he's a physical player can score he is that you know tops top line goal scoring power forward that maple Leafs fans have always wanted right um i i is he a perfect fit for that line per, maybe potentially do i see it happening absolutely not this would cost so much in assets yeah and the problem with timo meyer is he's an rfa at the end of the year but his tender to tender him it would cost the least 10 million dollars that's what his tendering offer is 10 million we're already talking about how they could barely afford to bring back william nylander because of the because he's making 6.9 and it might have to go up now how are you going to fit an additional 10 million into next year's cap structure. If you want to try and tender him as an RFA, like you're just, it, I just don't see how that's going to work for this team. Ultimately, like it'd be, it'd be great to, to bring him in, but I think the way the contract is structured and, you know, they would look at that and say, this is essentially a rental because we're not going to be able to tender him and bring it back next year. So it's essentially a rental, and and do they want to pay the price that San Jose will ultimately get from a team that will be able to bring him in and will be able to tender him at the the price that he's at, um, and will probably pay accordingly, knowing that they'll be getting him for two seasons. Where Toronto, maybe not, maybe they would only be getting him for the one year, and then could he end up as a, as a free agent? Like I, I don't know how that situation would uh, would roll out if they could try and move his rights somewhere. Prior to that happening, I don't know, but um, I just would he be a great, a good fit? Yep, but can they afford him? Uh, do I see it happening? I I do not. I think it'd be a, a bit of a cheaper option here when it comes to uh, to the Maple Leafs making a a trade of some kind to to bring in a top six forward. Yeah, I. I... I, I just see them going more definitely more towards the rental market, or if they're going to get a player with term, someone a little that fits their budget a little bit better. I I almost forgot about the Timo Meyer um, RFA uh, clause. So San Jose, there I I know I will San Jose want to move them either, right? Like they might think that they're not they're they're rebuilding, but they're not exactly tear down, have to get rid of everybody as well. They should be. They should be, but we know San Jose doesn't do that. Yeah. As much as they should. But that's why they end up in the position that they're in. Although, you know, you get a chance to uh, tank with this guy, Connor Bedard, out there. 
that might be the wake-up call that GMs need. I, I, I heard some of the insiders saying that, you know, teams might be willing to, uh, you know, finally openly tank for an opportunity to get themselves in a better position to draft Connor Bedard. Could that mean that the prices will be a little cheaper and that uh, the, the lease might be able to benefit? Does it become a buyer's market because of that with a bunch of teams looking to sell off pieces to get to the bottom? Potentially, perhaps, hopefully Toronto can take advantage of some of those uh, some of those cheap discounts if, if that is the case and that does happen. Uh, all right, Dave, good stuff, a lot of fun. Um, there's a couple more questions that we didn't get to, but maybe we'll get to those uh, on tomorrow's show. We'll kind of wrap it up. And, and do you know a final mailbag after we tee up uh, the game against the Nashville Predators. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked All These Podcasts on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. And uh, follow the show at Locked On Leafs. We're back with another episode tomorrow. Got the Leafs and the Nashville Predators. We'll be teeing up that game. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.